Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. Tonight, we're talking about Star Wars Ahsoka airing on Disney Plus in the latest episode in movie theaters. Tonight, to talk about it, we got our very own Dot Chris. That's right. Hanging out in the world between worlds or the stream between streams, if you will. Yeah. And I'm your host, Bad Cody Surger. Guys, so get right into it. The latest episode, episode five of Ahsoka, was also streamed in movie theaters, everyone. And last time that Chris and I were talking, we were wondering why. And we found out Dave Filoni was absolutely cooking. Let him cook, cooking in this one. He was chefing, he was mixing it up, he was flipping it, he was frying it, he was doing everything he possibly could and gave us a nice little sauce there. Absolutely incredible. Chris, I wanna go to you as someone who has watched all of Clone Wars, all of Rebels, you were there from the get-go. You were absolutely out there for your boy Filoni. You, you, you loved it all. What was it like for you and for the rest of the Clone Wars and Rebels fans, seeing what we saw, what we saw everyone just get right into it, the mm-hmm. Clone Wars, live action by god chris what was your reaction we talked about it in the last time the pacing of the like up of episodes one through four was kind of like ah you know i like what's happening it was taken too slow and like then we hit this episode and there's so much cool stuff that happened and all of a sudden you know we're in the world between worlds and like kind of weird abstract place and then bam it throws us back into the clone wars and i'm like Oh man, that's crazy. My wife was the one who actually noticed that first was like, wait a minute, is that a young Ahsoka? And I was like, oh, it is young Ahsoka. What's going on here? What's happening? And they dropped us into the good stuff, man. I thought it was cool that the, that whole section for me, I'm not quite sure like the big impact of like, how does this actually really tie into the overall story? But it was also so freaking cool and like pretty damn well done. Like I don't even care. And I'm usually someone that's like, well, if it doesn't, go to the story like why keep it but we saw we saw some cool shit and they picked some some good moments um especially when they kind of jumped to the second area with the assault on mandalore which is again that storyline clone wars is my favorite star storyline in all of star wars it it, it's done so well and anyone who hasn't watched the finale of clone wars like go watch that shit because it's fucking amazing um it was great i was super excited it looked great the whole episode was paced really cool um you know, it felt a little bit like fan service, but like done really well. Filoni was like, this is my Anakin shown performed by the Anakin that everyone else that like hasn't watched the Clone Wars knows. Um, I was into it. It was great. It was incredible. It was sort of surreal because as as uh, <laughs> as I've stated time and time again, you know, I, I wasn't opposed to Clone Wars in, in Star Wars Rebels, but um it was just the being and a very aesthetic person and a creative. There was just the animation style that kind of threw me off. And I've always said if it was in a different style, I would have liked it more, even though, you know, there was good lore there. There was good story, you know, but seeing the live action version, I felt like Gordon Ramsay. I felt like this is the flavor I've been Hell screaming yeah. for. This is what I've wanted. You muppet. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I've wanted the entire time. Dude, seeing Anakin there, seeing Hayden Christensen on the light bridge, you know, the desaturated rainbow road of the world between worlds. <laughs> and, and it's so good talking to her former master and him saying, I'm here to finish your training when she's like, yo, tell me what's going on here. What are you doing here? And him busting out his lightsaber into his form and starting to go at Ahsoka to teach her a lesson. I was like, damn, let's go. Hayden Christensen has still got it. I love the redemption that he's getting, you know, like Chris and I were saying before we started hitting record, no one hates Star Wars more than Star Wars fans. No one loves Star Wars <laughs> more than Star Wars fans. And George Lucas, 
after the prequels, you know, sold Star Wars because of some of the backlash from the fans back then, giving, you know, Hayden Christensen and some of the choices that George made. But seeing Hayden Christensen in this performance across from his former Padawan saying snips, <laughs> you know, like teaching her a lesson in his four minute saber was absolutely incredible. Knocking her down off the road into the Clone Wars, him being in his battle gear for the Clone Wars and shout outs to an incredible performer, Ariana Greenblatt, Chris, who played young Ahsoka, who you will know from young Gamora from Infinity War. Ah, she did. I thought she looked familiar. She's yeah. going to be known as the, the lady with the painted face now, apparently. <laughs> and both times, but, both times she had to do a genocide. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> and what's crazy topic. is when I, when that first, so yeah, I said, my wife is the one who noticed that it was young Ahsoka first. And she was like, oh my God, like she has, she has the, the, like the stance, like the Ahsoka stance down. Uh, like even just her physicality in there, like as great as Rosario Dawson is like seeing someone actually take the like the animated stance and pull it off. It was so good. And you're right. Everything that we saw there. And I understand like not liking the, the art style, but like the stories you get in um, in Clone Wars, like even though it's animated, like there's a lot of gravity to it. And seeing those that scene of them like running through a battlefield with just Clone War uh, or uh, the clones like just dropping down and, and dealing with the weight of like, yeah, it's a war. Like my buddies just got taken out and I'm I'm hanging out with him back at camp. It, like that's the kind of stuff that like finally we see the weight of that in live action, which is like what Dave Filoni has wanted all along because it's it's called the Clone Wars, guys. Like it's if it wasn't animated, it would be way darker for real. And we got to see a glimpse of that, too. I mean, it looked visceral. It looked like the wars in Star Wars, because we yeah. often forget that that it's it's a war. It's pretty much akin to our our, our world war. Um, but because, you know, there's animation because, you know, everyone's usually happy when they're going through certain mm -hmm. things. Right. You have like Han Solo and Luke Skywalker. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> they're in a pretty dire situation. Um but I love the visceral take on the Clone Wars here. I really liked the visuals that we got. I mean, just seeing Anakin on the battlefield, like with young Ahsoka, um, just, just running through. And the fog mm -hmm. of war, the visual of that fog of war where we don't see clearly where they are, but we, we know where they are because of like, you know, the, the Clone Wars animated series mm -hmm. and, and all the, the lore there. Uh, but man, seeing like the clone troopers, seeing that fog of war, seeing the lightsaber like ignited in, in that fog, it's just such a stunning visual. And especially when you have things like uh, Ahsoka looking at Anakin walking off into the distance, you know, talking about, I need you know, to, to train you. This is a part of your training as a soldier. And Ahsoka just reluctantly, I, I don't want to do this. Not why I wanted to be a Jedi or why I'm training to be a Jedi. And Anakin telling her, well, if I don't train you, if you don't fight, you will die. This is a mm -hmm. war. You're in the middle of it. Like we used to be peacekeepers, but we're soldiers now. We have no choice because of what's happening. The Sith, like the Sith have returned and the galaxy has been put into turmoil and we can't just be peacekeepers anymore with, you know, our, our laser swords. We have to go out there and use our sabers as sabers, you know, mm -hmm. and just seeing her reaction. I mean, like shout outs to Ariana Greenblatt, dude. I mean, it, her expression, her, her acting. I mean, for someone who's so young, she's uh, she's 16 years old. I thought as a young actress, you know, like uh, you never know with like child actors, like how well they're going to, yeah. um, you know, like, doing on screen or if they can deliver their lines but as young Gamora she did a really good job and I think here as young Ahsoka she did a really good job as well portraying the pain that Ahsoka was feeling I mean you get the child soldier thing right I yeah. mean you have all these Padawans 
and not just her there was a ton of other padawans and and younger jedi not just masters who were in the thrust of the clone wars and they they had to there was no other way that the republic could survive so the jedi were like okay no more peacekeepers we gotta be soldiers and the youngest had to go in it so i liked i liked that we got to see clearly the trauma that ahsoka went through that she carried this whole time and the reason why she was so uh like dour um throughout this whole thing and reason why she was so great she had that trauma within her mm -hmm. and she had this thing where you know uh you can kind of see why she didn't really want to train sabine and how she was kind of reluctant to continue and because look what happened with with anakin and her she felt mm -hmm. like you know her his turn to the dark side was her partly her fault whatever she could have been there for him and Dude, like, well, what did you think about the conversations that Anakin was having with uh, with Ahsoka in that, listen, I need to train you. This is war or you die. Live or die, he was telling her. I mean, we had some good stuff in there, man. Yeah. Uh, also, I, I'm proud of myself called it because basically last week, because basically the conversation was talking about how, like, she's worried because because of what Anakin became and who and that Anakin was the one who trained her that, like, if she continues down a path like that, that's like that's what she how she's going to turn out as well and that's what she's worried about um and you know if if she was trained unconventionally by anakin who turned out the way he did what's going to happen if a lot of that was imparted onto her like what's going to happen to sabine if he if she passes off the same the same training she's she's afraid right that's why she's been it's like up until this point it's like she's been holding back because she's worried about what happened to Anakin. She doesn't want the same thing to happen to her. So, um, and that's what kind of Anakin seems to kind of break her of being like, yeah, but it, it was necessary for you to go through this and, you know, and be a part of war because that's what the Clone Wars needed and that's what's needed right now. Um, like it's a, it's a part of you. It was great. It was awesome. I like, I will say, uh, again uh, that this whole section it, it was the outcome of that whole sequence i think is very subtle um but it seems very it seems very powerful like it really feels like ahsoka after the whole section seems like a weight has been lifted and she seems like more like the ahsoka that we knew back in the animated stuff a little bit there's a bit of a lightness to it um so i'm i'm for it it looked great. It was wonderful. We got to see a, a quick shot of Rex running off. Yeah. With his, uh, blue, uh, blue armor, double blasters. How badass was that? How oh. badass was that? I love it. Him, I want him more. charging into the fog of war. I was like, yo, this is a flavor I've been screaming for. Dude. Where's this been? Dude, I want I want live action Rex. Let's, let's do it. Rex has always been Bro. like, you know, he's a soldier. Been like, obviously, he's... You know, he's a clone, but he's not like other clones, man. He goes toe to toe right next to the Jedi headlong and just like, what are my orders? Let's go do it. And he's the best. Bro, to see a live action like Tamara Morrison put on the helmet and charge in the battle. How insane would that be? Filoni, make it happen, dude. Have a whole. Let's have instead of us doing a movie where Ray is rekindling the Jedi. Who <laughs> asked? Who cared? Nobody wants that. Have Dave Filoni do his live action stuff. I mean, hell yeah. Also, let's acknowledge, shout out to Dave Filoni, who got to do a live action version of something he's been working on for, for a decade. I mean, he's been working yeah. on for a century. 2008. Time. 2008, dude's been going on, going on. So almost a decade and a half. Actually, yeah, a decade and a half at this point. Uh, amazing. Dude, Just, he gets to see his, his creation, right? 
Dude, and beautifully shot. Like, let's be probably okay. like not only was the content of this good, but there was some like straight up movie shots in this. And it was wonderful. He was like, okay, we're putting this in theaters. This needs to look like a Star Wars. Hell this yeah. absolutely needs to look huge. It needs to look like it was shot for theater. And he was like, you know what? Let's release it in theaters. Let's do that. <laughs> so for those who didn't know, and some people didn't know that um, it was uh, also shown in theaters as well. But man, there, there are very few creatives and directors who get that kind of opportunity. Okay, you worked on this animated series. Mm. All right, well, you get a chance to do that, but live action. You get to see your characters brought to life in reality. And it was great, dude. Like seeing all the clone troopers running the battlefield, like seeing all the heavy artillery, seeing that fog of war, seeing the lightsabers, seeing Anakin Skywalker with his like general armor. Yeah. It was sick. Absolutely sick. Like you almost wanted to see certain characters pop up, like uh the Seas of Mandalore. We got to see Chris with the, the yeah, Mandalorian. Man. I was like, is Darth Maul gonna show up real quick? Like are we Dude, gonna... I thought they were gonna shoot shoot over there and I was gonna lose my friggin' mind. Uh, also, <laughs> you got to see some clone troopers with the uh with Ahsoka's uh with Ahsoka's like markings painted on them, which is again mm -hmm. throwback that was basically she was given they were like, Well, you're not a Jedi, but we're gonna uh we're gonna give you command of this uh of of the squadron of clones to and they're gonna listen to you and it was it was badass and like totally like heart melting when that all went down um and again got to see those got to see all that happen it was quick blinking you miss it but it was great dude absolutely let him cook let him cook he was cooking <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah like a rooter says in chat brad bird made the fantastic four movie yeah brad bird like you know doing animation stuff and then live action but like few few people in hollywood get to have this opportunity of working on something for a long period of time and get to see realized like that i mean we had zack snyder who got to get his vision uh re realized from the theatrical release which you say wasn't his and then uh mm -hmm. we have uh dave filoni here who got to do his animated stuff live action that must have felt so so good just seeing everything come to life i mean dude i, I just can't get over hayden christensen just running through the clone wars talking to a young ahsoka i mean that's what i want like yeah. let's let's not do the ray movie let's scrap that let's uh <laughs> let's get more live action clone wars live action like you know rebel stuff or whatever i mean uh and this is the thing chris where i really thought the ahsoka show was going to be this some yeah. more flashbacks some more live action stuff i mean for the most part we've got the sabine wren show mm -hmm. which i don't understand i don't know if, if filoni was like writing the uh you know the treatment for the show before it came out and then he accidentally was like hmm, what if we go more sabine some more sabine stuff and then <laughs> someone came to his office like hey uh you know kathleen wants to see what you got let's go we have production waiting let's let's get in this meeting he's like oh crap wait there's more sabine stuff in here oh no <laughs> crap <laughs> what am i done and then you know we got more sabine stuff but man if we had this right off the bat i mean this show would have gotten more rave reviews i think more people would be watching that's then being reported. And I mm -hmm. think it would have a lot more positive feedback than the show is getting. I mean, if we had explored more uh, of Ahsoka, because now we get to this point here where, oh man, who thought we would see live action Clone Wars? It looked incredible. I mean, guys, like when you have the right people in charge, the right people in place, you get fantastic things like this and not some of the former stuff that we were getting. Um, and even some of the stuff coming down the line. But in any case, say, say this is what happens when you have the proper creatives, the proper people. There are some critiques I still have, but let's uh, let's 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 stay stay positive here. So, Chris, after we have uh, th this whole lesson, you know, he he knocks Anakin, knocks uh, Ahsoka back into the world between worlds. Mm -hmm. You know, he's like, I'm giving you a choice, live or die. You're not getting what I'm trying 
to teach you? Because it seems like she's still, as a child, as we're seeing her, blaming herself mm -hmm. for Anakin and blaming, you know, herself for how things went down and holding on to that. And he's just like, you're you're still on that? Really? You're holding on to that? That's not your fault. Like, I mm -hmm. turned. I, these are my choices, my decision. Is what he was trying to tell her. Like, it's not your fault that I turned to the dark side. It's not your fault that I fell from the light. That was all my doing. There were certain things that, that led up to that. And it, it was all me and I owned that. So it's not on you. Like you need to stop with this thing and you need to live, not survive. Cause it seems like you've been surviving is a lesson I think he was teaching her. Mm -hmm. You need to stop surviving and live. You are a former Jedi, but still a Jedi at heart. You know, like once rebel, always a rebel. You are a Jedi at heart. You need to live, not survive, live within the force in happiness, not in, shrouded in this gray and darkness. Um, but what did you think about Oh man, we got to see him, his Sith eyes, his red saber get popped out. He's just like, oh, you you like conviction. We got to see the flashes <laughs> of Vader. Oh, mm -hmm. the imagery, man. Talk about to talk to him. What, what was going through your mind when you were seeing all this? You know, it was basically like, let's let's play the Anakin hits, right? Like, let's see. It's me, like, yeah, we're excited to see this like kind of almost happier go luckier Anakin, but like, let's not forget like what happened to him. So they kept flashing to you. So you're like, oh, yeah, you know, she's back with her master. But like, oh, yeah, they they've gone through some some shit. <laughs> so like, uh, oh, it, I mean, it's good. It's it's, you know, it's I think it's a right way of doing some of the nostalgia stuff. So I'm actually going to push back on you saying, like, I wish the show was more like this. I actually don't wish the show was more like flashback stuff because it makes these moments here where it was just a little bit small snippet of it just more special. Um so I, I like the way that this was done. Like, yeah, let's talk about the past and deal with the past. But like, we're not going to dwell there too long. We need to get we need to move the story along and we need to move the character along. Um, so doing that and using Anakin as that catalyst, because we haven't really seen we haven't really seen Ahsoka deal with the fact that her master was freaking Darth Vader and this is all taking place after the events of Return of the Jedi um, so one of the interesting things that uh, I, I was watching a video I forget who put it up on there on YouTube but um, I'm not going to say this was my idea but it was a great great call out where um, when he pulls his lightsaber out and uh, Ahsoka says I'm not going to fight you and he said, I've heard that before. That does a couple things. One of it is calls back to his fight with Luke Skywalker when he said, I'm not going to fight you. And he jumped off. And two, this tells you that this isn't something that's in her mind because she doesn't know that conversation hap happened. So this is like, I actually am. This is the, the world between mm. worlds doing its thing, which means like, yes, that's this, a good is, point. this is a manifestation of Anakin actually actually teaching her a lesson here and not just a figment of her imagination. That, that's a really good point because a lot of Star Wars fans are like, is she dead? Is this in her mind? Because yeah. we've seen sort of, um, you know, like Luke when he was on Dagobah and he went through the tree and he was seeing, you know, Vader. He had a fight sort of Vader and himself, and mm -hmm. but it was all like a vision in like through the Force. So that's actually a really good point because like she doesn't know that conversation took place <laughs> between Vader yeah. and um, and his son Luke. Man, wow, that's <laughs> very boring. Good job, whoever. Yeah, that whoever out. you are on YouTube, that was a good point on yeah. there. Yeah. Or you brought it to you here. Good point. I mean, and that's what these conversations <laughs> are about, man. These these water cooler moments. I think there's a huge water cooler moment here. Um, and meanwhile, back in the Ahsoka show, we get <laughs> oh man, we get we get back to uh, man, we got Jason Sandula, uh, me who's not a Rebels fan, and like who cares? 
Um, Hera, Wait, we, who's there? Real quick, we have to have to like yeah. talk about an elephant in the room. Is that mm. Jason Sindula? They cast a kid who looks almost exactly like a young Ezra <laughs> as yeah, Sindula's kid, <laughs> even though he's supposed to be Kanan Jarrus's kid. And that was really weird to me and a strange choice. And I get that they're probably going for that like generic Star Wars kind of human looking character, like the Han Solo hair and, and jacket. And I get that. But it's like hitting a little too close to home. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, too. Cause now, now you mentioned it, I'm just like, wait a minute, because I was like, he, he looks familiar. I'm like, oh, because he looks like Ezra. Yeah, because he looks like Ezra. <laughs> like, that's awkward. That's real awkward. <laughs> but whatever. I just had you to know? throw that out there. Yeah, no, it's good. And and another thing too, um, like talking about uh, you know, Kanan and uh Hera's son, mm-hmm. he is in tune with the force. Cause I mean, uh Kid Kanan was a pretty uh, powerful Jedi who's really attuned into the force. Uh, and his son seems to be as well, even without the training, he seems pretty adept because you know, mm-hmm. certain people uh, throughout the Star Wars galaxy can be pretty adept at the force, even without training. So, I mean, we saw with Anakin how good he was with the pod racing for a human because he had Jedi reflexes. Mm-hmm. So he can hear the lightsaber battle between Anakin Skywalker and Ahsoka Tano in the world between worlds. And I, I like that we, we have him sort of concentrating, relaxing, just hearing it throughout the force. And then something uh, happened that I didn't like, and I wanted to get your take on this. He tells his mother, Harrison Dula, the, the rebel pilot, mm-hmm. to sort of uh, listen and tune in as well. And then she starts hearing the lightsabers in the world between worlds and jumping around social media and YouTube and stuff. Everyone kind of agrees that yes, she heard it because then she makes a decision for uh, her pilots to go and scope out the, the coastline and everything again. It's like, okay, well we already went out there. No, no, no. We need to go out. Good work, Jason. Is, is, has Hera ever exerted any sort of force sensitivity in rebels? No, she not at all. The force? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. So how? There. So how freak, Dave Filoni. Right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I mean, th- th- these are the conveniences that I'm talking about. I mean, is it is it is it like a participation trophy? If everyone's special, no one is special. It used to be in Star Wars that there are certain people who were force sensitive who can have certain abilities, do certain things. Now everyone just gets a participation trophy. Everyone's in tune with the force. Everyone can do this. They're sort of hinting that that, that you know, Sister Bean is force-sensitive enough, even as a Mandalorian, that, you know, she can use a lightsaber, she can do other stuff, maybe she can wield the force, as we're seeing here in this show for a reason. Now, Harrison Dula, who, you know, you as someone who watched Rebels, who's there day one, you know, says she's never exuded any of this stuff. Now she can hear two incredible force-wielding super people <laughs> have a battle in a world that is between reality, time, and space, sort of living inside of the force. I mean, what? <laughs> I'm going to I'm I'm going to retcon this with some headcanon that it's not mm. that uh, it's not that she heard them, but she believed her son enough to be like, OK, you're telling me to listen for this thing, the sound I'm listening. I don't hear anything, but you're so convinced that this is a thing and I know you're force sensitive. I'm just going to believe you. But again that's not the answer that that's not what was spelled out in the show but so like whatever i'm i'm not gonna split hairs over this one it wasn't like she reached out there was really nothing in her face that indicated oh i definitely heard this but she, you know she tried i, I think so because like uh, the camera sort of like zooms into her face in a close-up shot and then she has this sort of like eureka face like oh 
I hear it. And then she commands her people to go through the countryside. She's like, good work, Jason. You know, I if, if she didn't hear it, if she didn't believe her son, I I, I don't know. But I mean, it, it, it wasn't it, it definitely be, wasn't spelled out to be like, oh, yeah, that's definitely the route she took. But that's how I'm saying it. <laughs> yeah, and especially because like uh, when Filoni was doing like the, the close-up shot into her face and like we had the sound effects of the sabers going on sort of yeah you're, you're you're showing the audience that what is happening right now is that this character can hear this right we have a close-up shot of her face and we had lightsabers going off between uh, ah- ahsoka and anakin mm-hmm. so you're telling the audience that she's hearing it but she's not a force sensitive. I mean, everyone just has, everyone can just tap into the force now. It doesn't matter. You don't need training. Everyone's, I don't know. It's all participation trophy. I don't know if it's like (laughs) a newfound, like Disney thing or whatever, or, you know, there was like some mom working behind the scenes or just like, you know, it'd be great if like everyone can just be equal behind the scenes. Like everyone can just be equal in Star Wars and everyone can, everyone taps into the force because the force, yes, it is in everyone through everything but only certain people can wield it. And it's been that way for the longest time. So now you've had people who aren't even force sensitive. Like, yeah, I can hear the force. I can hear the reality that is only inside of the force beyond our own. What? I kept waiting for them to be like, this place is like strong with the force. And so like the the barrier between these worlds is really thin. So it's kind of bleeding. I was waiting for some kind of explanation Mm. like that. You didn't get it. I don't know. I'm not whatever i'm not breaking the bank over it um, it's, I, I almost it's thought that, fine uh, it was weird but it's fine i, I almost thought that uh, that he was going to pull ah- ahsoka through that veil. Yeah. So i kind of got that that feeling too that the place they're at is sort of uh you know like an amplifier or an entombment yeah you know and 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 it's and it's so funny too because and this is my own opinion like let's listen rebels fans i know <laughs> y'all like clone Wars fans listen i love star wars too but and listen but i don't have the same affinity for for dave filoni guy does create great lore i'm not saying he's a bad storyteller i'm not saying he's bad at his job but i think as someone who's getting to do this now live action on a on a bigger stage and his animated stuff and yes i'm just saying that the animated stuff not as big as everyone thinks it is i think that there's a huge misstep in thinking that everyone saw your animated stuff i think there's a huge misstep in not pulling in the general audience because let's let's think about this for a minute when Geek entertainment properties make things for a wide audience. There's a lot of explanation. There's a lot of spelling things out. And us super fans normally sometimes get mad because we're like, oh, we know that already. Why are they spelling it out? It's because they're spelling it out for a bigger audience. They need to get butts in seats in theaters and they need to get the people who aren't, you know, apprised of the situation up to speed. So I think this show is really for the Clone Wars and Rebels fans and everyone else who hasn't seen that, you know, just suck it up, Buttercup, just see if you can follow along. Um, And it's not a hard show to follow along, but if you don't know any of that prior nerd knowledge, I think some people are lost. Mm -hmm. So me not having an affinity for the show or not really like, I, I, why do I care about Jason? Why do I care about Ezra or Grand Animal Thrawn? And I've seen this echo throughout social media uh, throughout a lot of YouTube, throughout TikTok, people who haven't, who've only seen the live action stuff being like, why are they going after this Ezra person? Why are they going after uh, this kind of throne? And the last episode, Chris uh, uh, very, um, very nicely spelled out who the characters were, who Ezra is, who Granimal Throne is, and gave a really good explanation of the characters. So to me, it seems like since Filoni gets the opportunity to have this stuff on a larger scale with all the live action stuff, um, he is now like, okay, my character's, are going to shine my characters are invincible they're powerful <laughs> yes even though this pilot doesn't like have force sensitivity she has it now damn it 
<laughs> now she's sensitive. She can hear this stuff. Everybody's amazing. <laughs> Everything is awesome. And I think people who are huge fans of Dave Florin are just like, yes, Dave. Yes, give it to us. Oh, you can do no wrong. Oh, let me glaze you. <laughs> let me absolutely glaze you in all your glory. And I, and I say that because when I see certain outlets and I see certain people who are fans of Dave Filoni excuse some of these things, I'm like, come on. Just like I said in the last episode, I'm a big fan of Jim Carrey. And some of the stuff he's made that isn't wildly renowned as good, I liked. And I have that bias because I really like Jim Carrey. But, I, but a lot of people I see like are just like, no, it's just Dave Filoni's a genius. And I'm like, oh, come on. He's a regular human being like the rest of us. He bleeds like the rest of us. He takes a shit like the rest of us. He can make mistakes and fuck ups like the rest of us. And I think he's like, my man, I'm, he's just, he's messing up when he makes certain conveniences in a show like Ahsoka when characters can do certain things, exhibit certain things and things just happen just because. I mean, you know, I'm not mad about it. It doesn't ruin Star Wars for me, but you gotta- It's a weird moment that feels like it needs more explanation and no explanation was given. And no explanation is given and we won't get any explanation. Like, like listen- They left the planet. Like, we're never yeah. getting an explanation on this like, one. Like, They're like, never going take, back the, to that the planet. Next thing, next thing coming up, you know, we, we have Ahsoka be saved. She gets pulled out of the water. She's actually mm -hmm. in there. And uh, they devise a plan to go after, um, you know, the, the map and go after Sisabine mm -hmm. and- the eye of scion and they're like oh how are we gonna do that and then here come the thing like maybe hot take i don't know i see a lot of feloni fans who love these things i think they're stupid as hell goofy as hell the purgles <laughs> flying space i mean star wars has fantastical creatures crazy creatures maybe we had job of the hut a big talking thing a lot <laughs> you know salacious crumb this quacking space monkey that just <laughs> just laughs i know i know i know i know i know but gigantic space whales that can hyper jump. <laughs> when I first heard of those things, I'm like, bro, what? Were you on some ayahuasca? Were you out in, in the Mojave Desert <laughs> having some kind of like coyote walk? Bro, I know my name's Coyote, but my man Filoni, did you go on a coyote walk yourself, brother? Because I mean, you came back, you're like, okay, okay, everybody listen. Space whales. Hear me out. Hear me out. Space <laughs> whales. And they travel through light speed. They have this natural ability to, and that's how we form space travel in the Star Wars universe. And I'm like, oh, come on. Come on, fever dream. Fever. <laughs> Ludacris, I say. Crazy, I say. A madman, you know. But I mean, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy had doll had uh, dolphins that uh, just took off to space. So I'm just saying, <laughs> he's not the first one to do it. Right? I wonder if he's just like, hmm, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy had dolphins. I will have whales, and they will also so be long interdimensional for all the space traveling. Oh my gosh! But I think yeah. they're cool. I mean, it's, it's like definitely like, all right, very fantastic. Like fantasy like dreamlike idea but it, it was something that was like um when that happens in because that's the that's the finale of rebels is that the the purgle grab on to thrawn ship and they shoot off and take him and ezra with them and so it would have been really jarring had they not set the purgle up in a few episodes leave like previously in a few episodes leading up to up to that moment so like it wasn't like they just came out of nowhere um it's, you know, with the way the story goes of, all right, well, the one map is now destroyed. How are we going to get to them? Like, of course, like, of course, this is what's going to happen because there's literally no other way for this for, for them to get there. They like they have to come up with a plan that, you know, involves the purgle. And also, you know, you got to get that live action visualization of like squid whales 
with, uh, you know, straight out of Kojima's head, but all of a sudden have disco asses and there's blast in the space. So like Bro, you gotta like, do when it. They open up their their back ends and I'm like, oh god, that's how they travel through like hyperspace. They open up their back ends and their in their their tendrils and their eldritch horror Lovecraftian things just light <laughs> up and then just blast through space. I'm like, oh come on, come on, it's ridiculous. But uh, whatever. All, all that aside, we have the other drama with Hera and the New Republic. Mm-hmm. You know, the New Republic are just a bunch of a holes. Like, <laughs> like I mean, they 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 wouldn't let their general sort of scope out what's happening in a part of the galaxy right i mean they to solidify that yes on on a certain planet on a certain part of the galaxy uh where they are deconstructing empire fleet ships they there are these engines that have the capability to jump through hyperspace that are being taken and being sent off somewhere so she confirmed that they arrested people who were empire sympathizers she confirmed that so when she's talking to the New Republic Council, and they're just like, yeah, but this doesn't mean that Thrawn's coming back. This doesn't mean that there's a bigger threat. It's like, yo, are you, what? Are you kidding me? This should We should at least investigate where this went. And I found out where it went because we put a tracking device on there. And they're like, well, we can't really authorize you going out there. I'm like, what? I would immediately be like, okay, are you guys Empire sympathizers? Why don't you want me to go investigate where these real people who were literally said, mm. you know, long live the empire. And we arrested some of them, killed some of them, uh, are sending hyperdrive capable, super massive engines over to a part of the galaxy. It's like, they're trying to bring back Admiral Thrawn who will turn the galaxy again into war. Why won't you as a general, let me go do my job. Yeah, it feels like that whole storyline, which seems interesting, feels weird at this point a at this point in the timeline and b because i feel like they're not going to explore that concept enough for it to warrant that friction uh and like i get that you know it's it it is interesting where you know Hera wants to go off and do what she wants and she's got to answer to higher folks like that's fine but that's not where a lot of the focus of the show is and like why are we wasting time on this like if you want to make a show about that make a show about that let's call it like rebels too i don't know <laughs> but like, I, I don't know. It's it's strange that they're setting their, you know, we've established the new Republic and we've seen between this and Mandalorian, like they're establishing the cracks because we obviously know like the first order arises, but like that's what 30 years or like 20 years after this. And they're already like setting the groundwork for it. And I don't know. It's weird. It's, it's interesting, but do why are we spending time on it at the moment? Again, if it pays yeah. off, I'm all for it. But like you've taken so long to get to the point where we want to with the main storyline. Why are we spending so much time on this? And again, cool moment. I'm down with all of what's happening. It's just weird that we haven't been focused on that up until this point. And now it's like we're already in the second half of the season. There's only three more episodes yet. And we feel like we just got to the meat of the story like in the last three minutes of the last episode. So it's like, it's weird. Like everything up until this point feels like it would have been the 20 minute pro, like the 20 minute opener of a movie. Seriously. I mean, and that's my, my other gripe with this show is that this and the other Disney plus shows, you're spending so much time on certain parts of a story and then getting to the meat and potatoes into the stuff that people want. It always happens. I don't know what's going on or who's running it, but it's just like people want to tune in be blown out of their socks right i mean mm-hmm. people are so busy nowadays i mean people have jobs people have lives i mean if we start something 
and we want to watch something, we have to be invested in it, right? I mean, and word of mouth travels. I mean, Stranger Things, it kicked off because of the way it was, right? It gave us an interesting premise. It gave us some a group of characters, and it really gave us a strange world and a sort of Twilight Zone thing going on right off the bat. And people through word of mouth are like, this thing is great. You can get right into it. Like, you don't really know, need to know too much. Um, sort of uh, the same with House of Dragon. Like, oh, wow, we're getting into it. You know, there's mm -hmm. some great stuff happening here. It's really interesting. And and certain other shows. So when you have shows that slow burn and sort of, like, wean you into it, I mean, uh, I mean, yeah, there was some action up top. Like, you know, we had, like, you know, Balin and Shinhati, like, S S Stormer Bridge. We had uh, a chase with, uh, you know, Chopper and Hera. But the main part of the story is sort of happening now you mm -hmm. know and then are we going to get grand animal thrown at the very end just so wait to consume next product <laughs> right it's like oh like here, here we're ending off with thrawn you gotta stay tuned to watch the next thing and again i'll say it over and over again tell your story now who knows what tomorrow will bring i mean mm -hmm. unfortunately some you know people pass away you know uh you know pe people aren't here anymore and uh, who knows what will happen with with the world like listen tomorrow isn't promised we have today tell your story now i don't want to wait to consume next product don't make your story slow which is another reason why just quick tangent i'm not looking forward to the loki show because they're just gonna stuff is gonna be so slow they're gonna pan it out and then it's like wait till the next marvel movie and it's just like i i want the thing now okay be creative enough to have stuff for the other content okay you know, if you're if you're open up a burger joint, make a really good burger. Don't make an okay <laughs> burger because you have another good burger coming up. Oh, we have something else coming up on the menu. It's really good. But for right now, have this one that's like sort of cooked. All the condiments are there, but like the rest of the stuff, the really good one is coming up. Nobody would eat there. Word of mouth would travel. No one would eat there. It would go out of business. People would say, why are we going to wait to eat the next thing? Why are we going to come back to this place, to this establishment, to this food truck? Like you haven't given us like everything right now. Just give it to us. So I don't know, like the, the pearl and everything happening in the end, then blasting off in the end. It, it, it just get to the point, get to it. This slow storytelling that's really, it's lost a lot of people. You know, like you see a lot of people drop off. They want to watch Star Wars. They want to watch a new Star Wars thing, but they can't because of the pacing, because characters they don't care about from a show they didn't watch. I mean, like a lot of people haven't watched the animated stuff. I mean, fans, we think we're bigger than we are. I mean, I mean, just look like we're broadcasting on Twitch right now. People still don't know what the hell Twitch is. But people on Twitch think it's the biggest thing, right? It's not as big as you think it is. Anyway, that aside, uh, overall, I did really enjoy the episode. Uh, we have Ahsoka the White now coming just like Gandalf. You know, she changed <laughs> her clothes. You got to change your clothes out of nowhere. It just doesn't matter. Doesn't make sense. She is now... Ahsoka the White, because that's kind of what Filoni did in the animated stuff, as I saw tertiarily, and he's kind of doing a thing where, you know, he's borrowing from some other stuff. Yes, there are callbacks and things or whatever, but yes, now she's Ahsoka the White. That's great. Uh, getting these manifested clothes, and then she gets into the mouth of a Purgle, the biggest one. Well, you do know she 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 went into her ship, right? Like, she probably has other clothes in her ship. Well, why was she wearing Kray the whole day? Why, why didn't she bust that, that thing out? <laughs> I mean... It wasn't cold enough. It's just, it's just <laughs> minor inconvenience, whatever. Uh, she hops into, they hop into the, the mouth of a purgle. She speaks to it. She's like, I have no idea if it's going to take us where we need to go. I have no idea. But uh, I'm a force user and uh, I believe, I believe we're going to blast off into, into the right direction. And lo and behold, they're probably going to, you know, really end up in the right place. So 
let's see what happens in the next episode. Holy crap, this one, I would say it was a banger. Just seeing Anakin, seeing Hayden Christensen, and especially seeing him. Oh, man, his moves from Nick Gillard. Bro, listen, everyone who doesn't know, Nick Gillard was the reason why Star Wars had such cool lightsaber fights. You know, he was a guy who put it all together. He had, if you look up the best lightsaber fights of all time, it's all from Nick Giller, dude. Like Obi-Wan versus Anakin, Darth Maul versus Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi. Dude, like Qui-Gon versus, versus uh, Darth Maul. Like, uh, dude, it, all, all of this stuff. I mean, Anakin and Obi style, his spin, Anakin's signature spin, which he did in this one. Oh, I was like, he did the flourish. He did the spin, the Obi-Anny spin. Oh, he did it. Yo, when I saw it, I was like, let's go. Hayden Christensen hasn't lost his touch. That was him doing it. Because, dude, I mean, they practiced for hours. Now, it was like the Matrix, son. <laughs> they drilled in, like, like day after day after day. If anyone has ever watched the behind the scenes for the prequels, you saw that Hayden Christensen... Right, and Ewan McGregor practice. It was really them doing the saber fights. And, you know, unfortunately, I'll give George Lucas in flight too. Unfortunately, he filmed some of those fights a certain way where it kind of really took it away. Because when you watch behind the scenes stuff, they're moving that fast. They're moving yeah. quickly. And they practice with metal rods. Okay, Nick Gillard had to like straighten them out during practice, you know, but they fought with metal rods. That's how they freaking train. You know, Darth Maul, uh, Obi, Anakin did train with metal <laughs> in lightsaber nice. hilts. That's what they practiced with. And they were moving quickly. You know, they hit themselves sometimes. It was really brutal, but man. And you see Hayden never lost any of those reflexes. He, I wonder if he just like walks around his place or whenever he has the time just with his saber, just twirling it around. Because man, when he did it in this episode, everyone just lost it. Like, oh, there's so many reactions. Of, oh, there's a spin. There's a floor. Oh, there's this move. It's far. <laughs> His form was immaculate in this show, dude. Like when he was going up against Ahsoka, him, oh man, the moves he pulled out, bros, masterful. Absolutely masterful. Anakin was a problem. Anakin was <laughs> like Ahsoka is great. She's probably for her own rap, but that's Anakin Skywalker, baby. You saw his prowess. You saw, oh man, he was just locked in. Absolutely locked in. And, and for those saying that that Ahsoka won, no, 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 no. Anakin was training Ahsoka. It's not that she won. He was training her, okay? She didn't beat Anakin. He was training her. That's what he wanted her to do, what she needed to get done, what she needed to realize, okay? Like, people were like, oh, man, oh, what is this show? Ahsoka bitch, Anakin Skywalker. Oh, what is this stuff? What is this? I'm like, guys, 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 guys. That's what she needed to do. That's, yeah. There was a purpose the to point. that fight. Yes. There, there was, it, it, it was to unlock inside her that she was going to fight back. She's been trying not, she's been afraid up until this point of what she would become if she actually like was aggressive. And then she did it. She fought for herself and bam, unlocked what she needed. There was a point to that fight. There was absolutely no point to him fighting Obi-Wan Kenobi in the Kenobi show. It's two different things, guys. <laughs> Way two different things. <laughs> Chris firing shots at Deborah Chow. All right. Still, still doing it. Sorry, Deb. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's great. I hope she never touches another Star Wars property unless it's underneath <laughs> someone's tutelage. Like, John. I mean, she did a great job under John Favreau, but left her own devices. It's just like, why did you want young Leia and Reva? Makes no, we have Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen. We have a one connection. We didn't come for these other characters. I don't understand. <laughs> so, hey. If Reva's the if bad guy, make Reva the bad guy. Don't make Reva the bad guy. But then also Darth Vader's there because he's going to overshadow you, which means you just ruined a character that could have been really cool. 
And then, and then, and then in the end, Reva's uh, sort of, oh, she's just a victim. She's, she's sort of a good guy now. I'm like, miss me with that bull. Absolutely yeah. miss me. Yeah. Anyway, um, dude, so in the, in the <laughs> anyway, end, they, they blast off in the Purgle. <laughs> Uh, and and the New Republic, so, so they're like like ships are like, oh whoa, wait, what? Because you had the the, the one uh, the squadron captain talking about. Listen, you're not going to believe me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, you're not going to believe me. What when I tell you? And she's like, yo, you you got to tell us. We're, we're supposed to be here to bring you guys in. Yeah. what are y'all doing out here? And then she's like, wait a minute, you mean to tell me there are flying whales who are in tune with the Force and space travel? What? <laughs> <laughs> and there's a map and Granimal Thrawn. Are you kidding me? And then the Purgles come through like, oh, oh, you're telling the truth. Oh, my God. What? Hey, uh, get out of the way. Evasive maneuvers. Get out of the way. Holy crap. What the hell is this? You know, and you see the disbelief in their face and the awe of the Purgles, which was, uh, it was, it was, it was kind of a nice moment. And then they all blast into space. Chris, what do you think is going to happen? Episode six out of it are we finally going to see thrawn what's going to happen are we cutting back to the scion to, to the bridge where we see shinhati and sabine and we get some dialogue here what, what, what do you want to have happen what do you think is going to happen i think you have to right like i think you have to spend that next episode focusing on um on what happens with sabine and then at the very end or potentially not even till the next episode ahsoka is going to come in riding like wouldn't it be funny if, if ahsoka comes blasting in on her ship that's like covered in like vines and shit and he's she's like man we finally after after those, all those other adventures we just had we just finally made it <laughs> we finally caught up and now we can rescue ezra and destroy theron and like we don't actually see those other adventures like that's the only way they could make the mm. oh well they brought us to another galaxy or whatever but i like what usually happens and what has happened in the la in most of the marvel shows is like the penultimate episode is like setting the stage for the final episode right so i mean i think i feel like this far in the game like we're not going to get much thrown let's be honest like it's probably going to be the the teaser for whatever the movie or season two or whatever and that's annoying um because otherwise thrown would have been the mid-season reveal and we didn't get it um so i but i think they need to establish what's happened because we've seen what's happening with ahsoka when she's on her own we got to see what happens with sabine while sabine's on her own that way they can naturally bring them back together to you know join up and save the day and what have you um so yeah well uh i mean that's uh, it's gonna be a sabine heavy episode we probably won't even see ahsoka and if we do it's gonna be at the very end of the episode back to this <laughs> meanwhile back in the sabine show i think it's gonna <laughs> go back to the the sabine wren show and focus on her and, the, and then towards the latter half of the episode like uh, either either Ahsoka blasts in, you know, the Purgles actually come through, or yeah, I I, I fear we're not going to get Thrawn till maybe Episode Seven, maybe, or uh, unfortunately, it would be terrible Episode Eight because mm. then it's just like okay, consume next product, stay tuned. Yeah, but yeah, man. Overall, I thought this episode was great. Seeing live action Clone Wars was insane. Whoever thought we would get to this point? Like, I don't think anyone was bitten on seeing that and it was wonderful i hope uh you know disney lucasfilm sees all the positive feedback sees all the reactions and um there were there were sort of live tweeting uh retweeting some of the positive uh reactions from people mm -hmm. who were doing their watch parties and stuff like that and were live tweeting um so hopefully they see okay there is a hunger there was a thirst for a lot of the live action versions of the Filoni animated stuff. Cause I mean, I think he did a bang up job with his live action Clone Wars stuff. And it was just like a fog of war, sort of like alternate reality type thing where we're back in there, but man, was it well-directed Hayden Christensen shout outs to him. Well acted great 
redemption song for Hayden Christensen, who was hated by the Star Wars fans back in the prequels, who sort of, you know, lost his way because of it. But with, uh, you know, times changing, people have come to love the prequels and love his performance and really like him, you know, over the years, people showing up for his photo opportunities at Star Wars Celebration, the, the Comic-Con that's just for Star Wars, people looking out for him wherever he goes and everyone kind of shouting him out in a positive way whenever they see him in public. So love to see that he got to do Anakin live action. <laughs> As he said himself, he's watched the animated uh, Clone Wars, you know. So it was great to see this redemption, man. Absolutely wonderful for him. And shout out to Ariana Greenblatt, who played young Ahsoka. I think she did a fantastic mm -hmm. job. Good for her, you know, like like w agency i mean being i mean she got to be young gamora and in young infinity war yeah. hugely and then in young ahsoka i mean Get that disney money wow girl. Get it. <laughs> what a resume what a following <laughs> holy crap and, and, and being only 16 years old i think she's on her way because i i really thought she did a great job portraying the heartbreak portraying the turmoil that ahsoka was feeling how she she didn't want anakin to even joke and he was like listen like I, I, the training is is something that's not all it's cracked up to be and she's just like what i'm just joking you're joking at a time like this well you want what do you want me to do <laughs> be more serious like, oh yeah kind of like I, I love the whole back and forth it was it was freaking great oh man i i love it absolutely love it but yeah man that was episode five of star wars ahsoka <laughs> what did you guys think about it absolute banger of an episode before we wrap up i have to share that uh, after every single episode uh, i've gotten a text me and my wife have gotten text from our friends uh, a a gif of old greg because how much uh, they do not enjoy harris makeup <laughs> <laughs> which is the funniest thing in the world so i'm out and all of a sudden i'll get a text message with uh, old greg and i'll be like oh all right. Well, he watched the episode. So now talk about it. <laughs> Funniest thing in the world. <laughs> and that's all the time we have for this episode. Thank you for listening. Make sure to join us live every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern on Twitch. You can also watch these episodes up on YouTube as well. We'll see you guys later. We'll see you another time.